And since January of 1943, the Bright Spot Hour has been broadcasting the gospel of the grace of God. And I appreciate those of you that have been very faithful in standing with the program, some down through these many years. And I appreciate that. I'm your radio preacher, Ben Carper. We welcome you into the Bright Spot Hour. Bonnie Magaha at the beautiful Hammond organ. Naomi Kelly at the piano. To begin the Bright Spot Hour today, we're going to enjoy a wonderful song, and I think something that you and I need as a prayer, I'd rather be an old-time Christian. Prophet Jeremiah said in the sixth chapter of his prophecy in verse number 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. And I think that's something that you and I need in this day in which you and I live. This brings us into prayer time, and if you have the opportunity, why not pray along with us? It'll do your soul some good to stop and pray for a moment. Our Father, we thank Thee that we are invited to come to the throne of grace. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that our dear Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is sympathetic with our cry and our needs. And I thank Thee that we serve a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. And I ask of Thee during these days that Thou wouldest enable us to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And I ask of Thee, Lord, that You'd so work with us and move upon us that thy grace would bring us from where we are now to where we ought to be in thy favor and in walking with thee. I ask of thee, Lord, that thou wouldest bless our dear listeners that hear the Bright Spot Hour. We pray that as a result of these programs, some blessing and help might be suited and fitted in their life, and they might be enabled to press on for the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for our dear preacher brethren 
who are busy at the job trying to give out the Word of God, preaching the gospel of the grace of God, instructing their flocks and their congregations. I ask of the Lord you'd help them. Our dear pastor brethren, many for whom we have the opportunity of preaching, then our fellow evangelists that are busy in the vineyard, in the field, laboring for Christ, I pray thee, Lord, thy great blessing to be upon them. Help them while they're away from home. I pray fill that loneliness, that void and vacuum that is in their life while they're away from loved ones and family. Then I pray for our missionary brethren scattered around the world in foreign lands, preaching the gospel of Christ. I pray of the Lord that you give them souls for their labor and revival for their joy. We'll be careful to honor and glorify thy holy and righteous name. Do with us now that which is pleasing unto thee, and we shall praise thee for Christ's sake. Amen. We appreciate Naomi Kelly being with us in the studio today, and you enjoy her piano playing, I am sure. Today she's playing I've Got That Old Time Religion. Thank you so much to Naomi, Kelly, and Bonnie Magaha. I appreciate them on the Bright Spot Hour, and we will enjoy their wonderful music throughout the days of this week. Your Bibles are open with me, please. I continue dealing with the matter of sanctification on the Bright Spot Hour. I began dealing with that last Thursday, and uh, we will uh, proceed forward as the Lord shall help us on the broadcast today. And uh, we'll trust the Lord to enable us to be a blessing to each and every one of you that are hearing the broadcast across the radio network. The Bright Spot Hours work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door 
of radio broadcasting to remain open. I make that statement every day because it is a statement of fact. The Bright Spot Hour is entirely listener-supported. I depend upon the Lord. I bring my case to God's people, my listeners, and I trust the Lord to so bless and enable you that you would be able to stand with us and help us as we labor in the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During the month of March, I make available to you my late grandfather's sermon, number 52, on the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon. Now, this is the battle that will close the tribulation period. This is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as he returns in power and in great glory. There are so many things that are transpiring. You realize that uh, United Nations Agenda 2030, that's just uh, six years from now, by 2030 is wanting the whole populace to have a digital ID, uh, the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell without it. You can't bank without it. I mean, all of these things are right before us. And I think it's important for you and me to understand the age in which we live, to understand the Bible from which we read, and to recognize these things eminently before us. The Battle of Armageddon, I'll send the sermon to you on a compact disc. They are $10. i also make available the most popular sermon my late grandfather ever brought, Can God. This was brought on a Sunday night. May of 1973. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'd be thrilled to send a copy of this good sermon to you. It is yours for a gift of $10. I also make available the commentary on 1st and 2nd Corinthians, a 303 page, verse by verse, line by line commentary in which my grandfather deals with every verse and every chapter in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Allow me the honor of putting this good book, beautiful green cover, gold lettering, perfect binding, stiff back paperback, handy uh, to the size to hold in your hand. Very well done. I think that you'd be pleased to have a copy of this. They are $20 postage paid to your door. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, all lowercase, drbencarper at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, Facebook, X, and YouTube. When I left the radio on yesterday, I was dealing with the human responsibility in the matter of sanctification. We saw the divine side or the divine work of sanctification. We see the work of God the Father, the work of God the Son, and the work of the Blessed Holy Spirit. Then on the program yesterday, I began dealing with the human side or the human responsibility in the matter of uh, practical sanctification or the sanctification of the born-again believer. And I pointed out that in Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are 
sanctified, that are sanctified uh, um, uh, by faith that is in me. So we see the first aspect of the matter of sanctification, and that is that we live, we walk, we stand, we fight, and we overcome. And all of this is done in the redemptive work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on our behalf. Today I'd like to move further and, and point out secondly, the born-again believer in his human responsibility, the matter of sanctification is worked out by the Word of God. By the Word of God. In John 17, 17, the Lord Jesus in his high priestly prayer says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, this is a parallel passage with the great Psalm 119 and verse number 11. You and I read the word of God. We believe the word of God. And we obey the word of God. And in the reading and the believing, and the obeying of the inerrant and the infallible Word of God, the born-again believer becomes sanctified. Now, this brings me to uh, a question on the program or something that I would like to try to address today. I, I, I believe a King James Bible to be without error. I've been reading the Bible for 42 years and I've read a King James Bible from cover to cover somewhere around 55 times. A lot of times I've read through the Bible. And, and I find no fault. I find no error. In fact, I, I find no poorly translated words in the text of a King James Bible. Now, that, that separates me from uh, some very good men, but it it separates me. I have some of my brethren that I do believe or say by the grace of God that know the Lord, but their position on the King James Bible is not the position that I hold. I, I wish it was, but it's not the position that they hold. I believe that the text of the King James Bible is a perfect document. It is without error. It is, if rightly divided, it is without contradiction. I find no weakness in the translation work of the King James Bible. Rather, I find the King James Bible to be the lion of the books. It is the monarch of the books. And as far as uh, I've been saved 52 years and I've been reading the Bible for 42 of those 52 years, and, uh, and I find all the modern translations, some perhaps are better than others. Some are perhaps more accurate than others. But not one of them, the New King James, the American Standard, the Contemporary English Version, it doesn't matter, pick one. None of them have the gravitas. None of them carry the weight. None of them have the power and the authority that a King James Bible has. You can quote a King James Bible in court, and it will draw the attention of the hearer. 
You can quote the NIV in court, and someone will just think that you've come up with a witty statement or a witty saying, or perhaps you're giving some human proverb. Only the King James Bible reads as it does, and only the King James Bible sounds to the ear when it is read like it does. There is no question. Now, if my position on the King James Bible, as my grandfather used to say, is treason, then you make the most of it. If the position I have drawn and uh, my detractors will immediately say he's KJV only, and I've never called myself King James only, my detractors call me that. They'll immediately say he's King James only, and then uh, they will say he believes in double inspiration, or he is a bibliolater. He worships the Bible, and all of these things are things they say about me and my position, but they are not things that I have said, and you'll not be able to find where I have ever said anything like that. Now, when, when, when those things happen, I want to question my detractors and say, are you the pot or the kettle? Because you've heard the old saying, the pot calling the kettle black. Are you the pot or the kettle? Uh, I do believe, without any hesitation, that God, who inspired his word and his words and gave his words, is also able to meticulously preserve them. And I am totally convinced in my soul and in my mind that I have the complete revelation of God in his words in a King James Bible in the English language. I, I, I hold that position without any hesitancy at all. I believe that just as fervently is I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. But I'd like to go a step further. I'm dealing with the matter of sanctification. And the believer is sanctified by the truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if I can't find God's truth in a book, on earth, if I can't find his words, uh, God has preserved his words, Psalm 119, then how am I to ever be sanctified when the Lord Jesus said that the prescription for sanctification for the believer is to be sanctified through thy truth, thy word is truth. So if I can't find God's word, how can I ever do what the Lord Jesus Christ has said to be sanctified. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It is my estimation, after having studied this matter of, of the King James Bible, the modern translations, Westcott Hort, the various families of manuscript, manuscript evidence, for about 40 years I've been uh, 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 studying this and following it. I've been following the idea of anthropogenic global warming for over 30 years. You don't want to get into a conversation with me about so-called, the lie, so-called anthropogenic global warming. 
Uh, you also don't want to get into a discussion with me about the matter of evolution. Evolution is a fairy tale for grown-ups. Uh, there's no way that evolution can be a, a, a factual way for the creation or the generation of the heavens and the earth. But I don't want to get off on that. My time is getting away from me rapidly. Some of these fellows are trying to, they say, but we're trying to put together an ancient manuscript. No, you're trying to fabricate something that has never existed. Why is it in all the modern translations, all the verses that are held up to question, it doesn't matter if you're using an RSV, an ASV, uh, an NKJV, NIV, it doesn't matter which of the modern translations, all of them question the same verses and invariably, the verses that are questioned are verses like Acts 8.37. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And the eunuch answered and said unto Philip, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That verse is gone in the modern translations. Now, why would that verse, why would that verse be gone? And they say, well, in the, in the most reliable manuscripts. Well, why is it that the most reliable manuscripts rob me of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, rob the Lord Jesus Christ of his deity. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ clearly stated that Joseph was not his father. The modern translations change that. Why? Why is it always in the same area and it is always an attack upon the Lord Jesus Christ? It is always attack an attack on the area of justification by grace through faith. It is always an attack on the blood of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why is it always, the argument always, in the, in the same area? It, to me, it begins to be apparent that we have an attack here uh, against the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, and the attack is made against him in the written word by removing the same verses in all the modern translations that deal with his deity, his blood atonement, his bodily resurrection, and the aspects of justification by grace through faith. I want to say one other thing, because tomorrow I need to move forward. I don't want to deal with this again on tomorrow. I have some of my brethren who uh, claim to be Bible believers, and I'm glad they do. But whenever it comes to the matter of theology and Bible doctrine and uh, reading the Bible and rightly dividing the word of truth, I, I begin to discover that they will not take the Bible as written. They begin to change the words in the King James Bible to match their theology rather than lining up their theology to match the Bible. The final authority is not Ben Carper. It is not the Independent Baptist Movement. It is not the Southern Baptist Convention. The final authority is not the Bible Baptist Fellowship or the Presbyterian uh, group or the Methodist Synod. The final authority is the King James Bible. And I am only right as I line up with that book. And it's not a matter of me changing the wording of the book to match my theology, something I learned in school 40 years ago or some long-held traditional belief that I have embraced, but rather I should immediately change my theology so that my theology aligns itself with what I plainly read in the Bible. And 
I told my secretary one time a long time ago, I said, you will discover that I actually believe the Bible, that I really do believe the Bible. I don't believe the tenets of fundamentalism. I believe the Bible. And I believe the tenets of fundamentalism only as they align without contradiction with what I'm reading in the pages of a King James Bible. Now, my time has slipped out from under me today, but the Lord willing, by the grace of God, I plan to be with you on the broadcast tomorrow. I hope you'll hear the program. You've been at listening that time. to the Bright Spot Hour, transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Check out the website at thebrightspothour.com. Write Dr. Carper at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson reminding you to tune in the Bright Spot Hour tomorrow, same time, same station, same gospel.